to continue our discussion about the spiritual science of Tantra Yoga, we need to look at the layers of mind, the layers of consciousness. Now these layers of consciousness are described in various ways throughout the traditions of the world. Developmental psychology is an expression of it from Western psychology. In yoga they talk about the koshas. The Buddhist tradition has a visual artistic representation called the Ten Bulls, which is about not just the layers of mind, but the stages of development of spirituality, which are closely related. The Christian tradition, the it's a Spanish saint, Saint Teresa d'Avila, created a concept called the Mansions of the Heart, which was another attempt at defining the same, the same thing, the layers of consciousness or the stages of development of your spiritual journey. As we're talking about the spiritual science of yoga here, Let's look at the yoga description of this. The yoga description is based on what are called the koshas, the layers of the mind. They're described as being one inside the other, like a, um, I've heard it called like a banana flower, but we don't grow bananas here, so like an onion. My, I imagine that the not using the onion metaphor in yoga is because they don't eat onions so much in yoga. People don't appreciate it so much. However, I think the concept of them being inside each other in layers, the different layers of the mind are in layers inside each other, suggests to me that we're talking about the levels of the aura, which are structured very much in that way. One level of the aura is totally inside the other. The body itself is like the smallest, most compacted part of the aura, the most compacted energy layer of the mind. And then beyond that are a series of energy layers, and each one relates to a particular type of consciousness, a particular aspect of the mind. So how do we know this? If you are reasonably sensitive and developed in your meditation, it's possible to tune into a particular layer of the mind, to feel it. And as you tune into that layer of the mind and you feel it, you're able to experience a particular feeling, a particular state of consciousness, and report on that feeling, on that state of consciousness and what it's like. And so if you focus in on the energy just a little bit around from the body, a little bit out from the body, this first, first level of the aura, really, 
though one could could call it the second because it's uh, the the body itself is the first layer. So if we focus just a little bit away from the body in that layer, you get a particular state of mind, and if you focus a little bit further, you get another state of mind. Some people who are well developed in being able to see perceive energies will also see these aura levels and be able to perceive what's going on in a kind of visual way. The other way that we perceive these levels is simply by observing the predictable, repeatable or repeated stages that people go through in their personal growth, in their spiritual development. And as you observe this time and again, you're able to see the pattern and to, to report on that pattern, which is what happened in developmental psychology. It was done in a, a perfectly rational way without much um, thought about or, or perception of the spiritual. But it's done very much in a scientific fashion with careful observation and theory and testing of that theory. So let's start looking at these koshas, these layers of the mind according to yoga and understand exactly what they are and how to recognize them in yourself and in others. The first kosha is called the anandam no, it's called the Anamaya Kosha. The Anamaya Kosha means the layer that is made of food, and that means the physical body. But as, a, as the mind, the mind that is seated in the physical body is the instinctive mind. It is the way of thinking that follows directly your instinctive needs. You're hungry, so you eat. You're angry, so you defend yourself. Maybe it's not even anger, it's more like fear. You're scared, so you defend yourself. Angry being more of a social emotion, which is a, a level beyond. This is basic physical instincts. So somebody who is coming from this layer of basic instinct, if they're doing, doing yoga, how are they expressing that? How are they, how will, what will you see in them or in yourself in that yoga practice? You'll see a kind of selfishness. Um, Maybe they do yoga in order to get some benefit for themselves. You come to the yoga practice because there's some good food. Uh, you come to the yoga practice because I will be uh, beautiful and, and the uh, people will be interested in me. And come to the yoga practice because I will be strong. And also, the attitude to how you do that yoga will be very physical and very 
effortful, in fact. Um, so some of the most kind of direct physical hatha yoga in the sense of yoga by force, which is what hatha means. Now, of course, hatha yoga is also used to mean yoga through the physical action, which is still related in that you're creating a spiritual effect through the use of the body, and the body is still this Anamaya Kosha. We then get the second layer of the mind, which is sometimes called the first. I'm numbering them in a particular way um, where we're going to, to start with the physical body as number one and then end with the spiritual, most universal body is number seven. Um, but one can argue that there's, the others are also... Um, that in between is the mind, and the body itself is not the mind, and the infinite consciousness is not the mind. There's the body, and there's the soul, and there's the mind. But I think it's easier to look at it as all one thing, different levels of one consciousness. And so we move from move through all the layers of the mind, including the instinctive mind that is seated in the body and the infinite mind that is seated in the soul. And so the second layer is the karma maya kosha which is the layer of made of desire, uh, literally. So this is got a lot of emotion in it. It's got a lot of interest in other people being part of part of community and fitting in. I see it as as the seat of conscience, of this feeling that you need to do the right thing, which leads people to become very religious and moralistic. Clearly it's also a level that takes these basic instincts a level deeper, a step deeper, so that the basic instincts of survival are not only about food and shelter and safety, they're also about being able to relate to the people around you. And so, hence, anger and sadness become important because they're things that are about how are people treating me? And I'm, am I being included? Am I being given my fair share? This kind of thing. Conscience is also very important at this level because it's about caring for others. Someone who is practicing yoga from this layer of consciousness will be doing it from a very 
moralistic slant. They will feel like they're doing it because they should be doing it. They're probably very strict with their practice, making sure that they do it daily. Or they may even not be strict with their practice as such as strict with the way they live their lives, feel that the practice for them is mostly about being a good person than it is about what you do with your stretching or your meditation. And it's also very important for these people, the community and the connections. And so they might come to a meditation because it's important to the other people and the, the spiritual community around, the Sangha. The third layer of the mind, the third layer, the third kosha, is called Manamaya kosha, which actually means, means made of mind, the layer made of mind. But what we're talking about is intellect, intelligence, memory, thought. So this is the layer of rational thought. This is the layer that in the last few hundred years the world has celebrated and grown and created this great flourishing of science, rational thinking. Rational thinking applied to yoga means that you are thinking carefully about how does this work? You're interested in the, the reasons. You'll be very interested in the philosophy behind yoga. And if it's explained in a way that really makes sense, then you'll really, really hold on to it and, and make it in, an important part of your life. There's one person I met who was reading books about yoga and was raving about how great this, this philosophy was. And they were reading these books that were talking about how important is spiritual practice, how important is meditation, how important is taking the spiritual path and putting it in your heart and not your head. And they weren't practicing anything. They were just reading the books. And they were feeling like they were feeling totally comfortable with themselves reading these books that were talking about not just reading. But the understanding for them and the use of the mind in a way that is positive. is what made sense to this person. It kind of seemed a little bit strange to be able to, you know, almost a, a sort of double think, that I'm able to say I believe in and I really am interested in these concepts about how we should all meditate, but I don't actually meditate myself. But the point is that this layer of the mind is mostly interested in understanding concepts. That's what it's about. And if the concept is good, then they will take on that concept. 
not necessarily put it to action in their own lives because that's not the strength of rational thought. Rational thought doesn't always lead to action, but it does lead to deep understanding. And in many cases it leads to action. So this person that I'm talking about is probably a little bit extreme and probably a lot of people are working from this layer of consciousness. They are very rational, they're very interested in the philosophy and they would also practice their yoga according to their rational understanding of how it works. If you went to a class and somebody taught you and they taught you all of the exact reasons why you hold your body in this particular shape and the philosophy behind things it was very heady, then this is coming from the Manamaya Kosha. The next layer of the mind is the Atimanash Kosha. Atimanash means higher mind. So if the Manamaya, the rational intellectual, is the ordinary mind, the thinking mind, then Atimanash is the higher mind. There's a lower mind and a higher mind. Higher mind meaning insight and intuition and creativity. This is where you get flashes of inspiration. You go, oh, wow, here's a cool idea. This is where scientists solve their, their strange puzzles about how does this make sense. This is where people have dreams that sort out their, the puzzles they were dealing with in, in their daily life. This is where people dream in other ways, dream of the things that they would like to create. This is where people travel in their dreams. Out-of-body experiences. Or at least some of them. creativity, art, and a certain level of insight into other people. From the rational mind, we can understand that other people are different from us. And we can kind of understand the psychology of people very rationally. But the higher mind enables us to have that flash of what it's like to be somebody else, to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. It's not actually possible to do that from any previous layer of the mind. This is the first layer of the mind where it's possible to put yourself in someone else's shoes and therefore to become more compassionate and humanist. Humanism at different, in different ways can be normally this layer or the next layer of the mind depending on how expansive is that that vision of humanity whether we're talking about individual humans or whole societies so yoga from a creative inspired level of mind This is actually the first point where people really get into the, into the physical postures. This layer of the mind is very interested in exploring how the body moves. Not to say that people won't do the physical postures at the previous levels, 
um, but the inspiration and excitement about them really comes out at this level. I'll also be very interested in the other people, in understanding and listening and sharing. Stories are very important. And creativity freedom tends to really come up as well. And so sometimes people take yoga asanas and try to turn it into something with more freedom, yoga dance. Or not to have the asanas precisely at all, but allow people completely freedom, complete freedom of the way that they move. There's so many ways that people express that that freedom. Ecstatic dance. A lot of the. Uh, Osho meditations were designed to take advantage of this desire for freedom. Of course, many of the Osho meditations actually take you to much higher levels of consciousness than this, but they are very much aimed at people who are starting from this point. Okay, so then we move on to the Vigyanamaya Kosha. Vigyana is something like subtle knowledge. Gyana, the sound gya or jnya in um, Sanskrit becomes gnya or nya in Latin and and uh, Italian and leads to the GN in English so words like gnosis is actually related to jnana knowledge and so vigyana mayakosha is one of the first layers of gnosis of Gnostic experience of higher truths where we don't just believe in things, we experience them deeply for ourselves. So the experience becomes... The experience at the previous level, at the Atimanish, at the creative level, they have experiences, but the experiences come as amazing experiences for one moment or for one day, one practice, at one time there is an amazing experience and then another time there is no experience or is a completely different experience. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's, it's maybe inspiring. At the Vigyanamaya Kosha we can't start to get stable experience where you can see the whole pattern of what's going on all at once. It's an ability to take in a larger pattern and to, to observe that in a kind of synthetical way. Synthetical meaning not piece by piece, but as a whole. The main aspects of this kind of consciousness 
is the ability to remain at peace, to remain detached and yet compassionate, to really care but not to be so engaged in the sympathy. Discrimination, the real sense of what is valuable and important and leads us in a good direction and what is not important. So it's an experience of inner peace. At this stage people become very interested in meditation and just sitting in peaceful silence. And any asanas practice, yoga practice, would be looked to for having that sense of peace in it. Peace rather than freedom being the, the goal here and the, and the experience. One expression of this that I've seen a lot is vinyasa yoga, the movement between the postures in a beautiful, harmonious, peaceful way. And so the whole flow of the yoga practice is peaceful and centered, rather than simply having one exercise and then another exercise. And these people also become very good, stable supports of the community. Not, not active and energetic and trying to do things, but simply peaceful and present and real and human. And this type of behaviour is quite, um, quite supportive to the people around them. It can start to lead to fairly good counselling and ability to, to guide others. Then we move to the next layer of mind. And the next layer of mind is Hiranya Maya Kosha. Hiranya, Hiranya Maya, as I understand it, means golden colored, so like golden light. And it refers to the ecstatic experiences of love. At this point, life becomes about love and there is the experience of love in all things. Often we have a direct experience of God and a relationship with God. A lot of devotional elements come in here when people fall in love with God or with their guru and they feel very devoted and connected. And also when they feel in love with life and they're feeling like there's love to be shared in all areas. Love becomes very free-flowing and un... What do they call it? The love does not have any obligations to it. 
it, it is given freely no matter who you are. Unconditional love. The love is a sense of I love you and you love me. Of course, we all love each other. And it has a very powerful, this is the most powerful experience of all of the layers. This is the layer of the mind that people are blown away by these amazing experiences of, of the universe, of consciousness. And they are taken to new ways of perceiving and understanding things. The direct knowledge of, of how the world works is like shown to them some cases but generally there's some kind of very powerful experience at this stage whether it's simply an emotional experience of love or it's whether these ecstatic visions or whatever it is it's very powerful sometimes too powerful so people who are working from this layer of the mind in their yoga practice will be seen meditating and looking like their eyes are rolling up into the back of their head and they're in some kind of ecstatic, joyful other world. But they're dancing ecstatically and crazy and don't really care what anyone thinks. There's a certain craziness to this level. Craziness in that it's disconnected from the real world it's kind of in another world which is essentially what craziness is but it leads in a very healthy way towards the next layer of mind and so it's not true craziness it's because it's a healthy growth and the next layer of mind is the ananda maya kosha the level of infinite bliss of bliss ananda my kosha bliss ecstasy whatever you call it and I, I called i was using the word ecstasy for the previous layer for the hiranyamaya kosha and so maybe we should not use the word ecstasy here we should use the word bliss or infinity this is the layer of the mind that connects to infinity and to all that is. It drops some of the very passionate love of all by realizing that all is one. And so I don't need to love everything because everything is love and love is just flowing everywhere. It's, it's more effortless and simple, relaxed. And so life becomes a bit more relaxed at this stage. But it becomes very, very spiritual. Every single, single action has spiritual components to it. Everywhere you look, you perceive and experience the spiritual world without effort. And so this is often what's referred to as enlightenment. It doesn't mean that your whole life is fixed and everything is perfect. But it does mean that you look at the world in a much more positive way look in the world seeing the 
divine loving flow in all things and finding a certain level of peace, joy and love everywhere. So a yoga practitioner who reaches this stage of practice finds their practice very deep and profound and would be quite joyous in their practice, but at the same time peaceful and simple. They also get very inspired to action. The service becomes very important because when you connect your sense of self to all of those around you, all of the universe, then selfishness becomes the same as selflessness. In order to do something for myself, what can I do? I can serve others because I am part of others and they are part of me and we help each other and only in helping others is my true true sense of purpose and joy maintained. In the same way I know that in order to help others I need to help myself and so looking after myself and my own meditation, my own spiritual development is part of serving others. People like this also have a, quite a strong but gentle energy around them, a kind of peaceful presence. It's fairly natural to be able to share their own presence with you, with others around them, because in that presence they are feeling the connection to the others around them and they are able to use that connection unconsciously or consciously to uplift those around them. Now this is normally seen as enlightenment but it's not really the end of the journey. From here people open up to what could be seen as an eighth layer of consciousness, which is the layer of the mind where there is nothing, nirvana. There is no experience of the world at all. It is simply emptiness, but a great, blissful, joyful emptiness. I don't focus much on this level of the mind in the discussions and spiritual practices and ideas that I have or in the spiritual technologies that I'm working with. And I don't think that yoga itself does either, even though people are very interested in getting to this beyond, beyond the world's experience. The core of yoga is union, yoga meaning union, becoming one, one with all. And this level of consciousness where we really come into service, this seventh level of consciousness, the Anandamaya Kosha, is very important because it's the highest level of consciousness where we can still operate in the world and it is the most functional 
way to operate in the world, the most effective deep way that you can operate. There is a point that is the highest and greatest part of this layer of the mind, the point where it touches the beyond. And so you're connected both to this world and to the, and to the beyond. But that concept is, and, and really exploring that in depth, is probably beyond this set of, of uh, discussions that we're having and beyond this book that I'm creating about the science of yoga. At this point, the science of yoga, what we're able to measure and able to work with and look at, or what I've been able to look at, is about the effectiveness of yoga in creating that and encouraging that infinite, connected, and under my kosha way of operating in the world. Yoga being union, connecting up to all, becoming one. Obviously, there are other ways of practicing yoga. At each level of the mind, there is some kind of yoga asanas or meditation practice that opens up that layer of the mind. And you'll see yoga practiced in each one of these. But when we are talking about tantra yoga, tantra being essentially spiritual science, technologies that liberate the mind, We're looking at creating and encouraging this universal level of consciousness. And perhaps in encouraging that, opening us to the possibility of also going beyond if we so choose. 